0: You are listening to the weekly sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church in Canton, South Dakota. We're a church that strives to make disciples of Jesus Christ who make a difference. To learn more, visit us at cantonsdumc.org. And now, here's Pastor Clay. Our scripture this morning comes to us from two different places in the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 26. I'll be reading verses uh, 31 through 35 and then 69 through 75. Let us hear these words from the Gospel of Matthew. Then Jesus said to the disciples, You will all become deserters because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. And Simon Peter said to him, Though all become deserters because of you, I will never desert you. And Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night, before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. And Peter said to him, Even though I must die with you, I will, die, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. In the interim period between our scripture, Jesus and the disciples go to the Garden of Gethsemane, where the disciples famously fall asleep. Jesus is betrayed by Judas and arrested and taken in front of Caiaphas, the high priest. But Peter follows. The rest of the disciples scatter at Jesus' arrest, but Peter follows until he can't anymore. And then picking it up in verse 69. Now Peter was standing outside in the courtyard of Caiaphas, the high priest, A servant girl came to him and said, You were also with Jesus the Galilean. But Peter denied it before all of them, saying, I do not know what you are talking about. When he went out to the porch, another servant girl saw him and said to the bystanders, This man was also with Jesus of Nazareth. Again he denied it with an oath, saying, I do not know the man. After a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Certainly you are also with him, for your accent betrays you. Then he began to curse, and he swore an oath, I do not know this man. At that moment, the cock crowed. Then Peter remembered what Jesus had said, Before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. The word of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be holy and acceptable to you. For you, O oh God, are our rock, and you are our redeemer, and we give you thanks for who you are as we say together, Amen. This summer, my family went on vacation uh, down to Woodcliffe Lake outside of Fremont, Nebraska, where my aunt and uncle have a cabin, and my sons invented the best game in the world for them. Here's the thing. This cabin has this fantastic dock into the water that I have been jumping off of since I was Auden's age. And the boys during vacation discovered the joy of pushing Dad off the dock. They would run to the edge of the dock and say, Daddy, Daddy, come here. And I'll say, no, you're going to push me off. And then they looked at me with this little Cheshire cat grin on their face. And they would say, no, we won't. And I'd say, you better not. And I'd go to the edge, and they would push me off, and down into the water would go, Dad. I'd pop up out of the water, and I would hear just the loudest, most energetic, most enthusiastic laughter over and over and over again. Dad, come here. It's my birthday party, and the party's right here on the edge of the dock. How convenient you better not push me off, splash, and then just the peals of laughter. Between the futon I had to sleep on and going into the lake over and over and over again, the next morning I needed more than my fair share of coffee and Tylenol. But here's the thing, I went onto that dock knowing that I was going to get pushed off. And the reason why is because I know my kids. I know their beautiful and mischievous grins. They have almost no poker face. (laughs) I've known them from the moment that they were born, and I know them better than they know themselves. This is true of how well Jesus knew his disciples. And by the way, how well Jesus knows all of you who are disciples of Jesus Christ. On that day on the lake, it was all fun and games. But in our scripture this morning, it was anything but. Jesus knows his disciples. And Jesus knows what is about to happen. On the night that Jesus gathered with his disciples in an upper room, the night that Jesus was betrayed, so much happened. Jesus washed the feet of his disciples, an event about which Simon Peter had a lot to say. And in so doing, Jesus gave his disciples a model for how they were to live going forward. Jesus made them become servants. During that night, Jesus gathered his disciples around the table to share the Passover Seder with his beloved friends. And during the course of that, he reinterpreted his death on the cross to be included in God's mighty and saving acts. On that night, Jesus continued to teach the disciples about the nature of the kingdom of God and made with them an enduring promise that they would eat and drink together again in the fullness of God's kingdom. On that night, they ate together and sang together and prayed together. And during the course of all that is happening, as they make their way from the upper room to the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus proves how well he knows the disciples, and he lays some hard truth on them saying that this night you will all become deserters. And there's a lot that happens next. But I want us to just focus in on this incident and what happens next, again according to Simon Peter. With the confidence and the bravado that we have come to know and love from Simon Peter, he is the first one to speak up and tell Jesus that he's wrong. And we've seen this before. The first time that Jesus makes this prediction of passion, of his death on the cross, Simon Peter tells Jesus that he's wrong. And here on this night, when Jesus has laid more hard truth on the disciples, Simon Peter is just as convinced that Jesus is wrong again. Surely he, surely Simon Peter, surely the rock upon whom the church will be built, will not desert Jesus, the Messiah, the son of god and so simon peter says even though the rest of these punks are going to desert you i won't i'm with you and jesus proves one more time how well he knows simon peter and says that you're going to deny me 3 times before this night is over and jesus didn't say that out of malice But just to prove how well he knew this beloved disciple. And Simon Peter doesn't take this well, and Simon Peter doubles down and says, Even if I have to die with you, I will not desert you. I believe that Simon Peter believed by that when he said it. I believe that Simon Peter spoke truth even if he wasn't, you know, going to be proven right. Simon Peter said these words to Jesus, and when he did so, he did not have his fingers crossed behind his back. He was not trying to set Jesus up for some kind of gotcha moment. He simply believed that he was strong enough to not deny Jesus no matter what. And even in this moment, Simon Peter's love and and devotion to Jesus is not in doubt. It is Simon Peter who is the first to stand up and defend Jesus at almost every moment when Simon Peter decides that Jesus needs defending. It is Simon Peter who provokes Jesus into teaching them about becoming servants. It is Simon Peter who takes up a sword to defend Jesus from being arrested. It is Simon Jesus who, or Simon Peter who remains with Jesus, even from a distance as all the events that lead to the cross unfold. Simon Peter knew that he loved Jesus. And Simon Peter believed that he would not deny Jesus. Simon Peter thought that he was strong enough to face any situation by himself. But Jesus knew Simon Peter better than he knew himself. Jesus knew Simon Peter better than he knew himself. After Jesus is taken away from the court of Caiaphas, the high priest, Simon Peter has nowhere else that he can go to follow Jesus. And then in that moment, the questions start to come. Three different times, in three different ways, Simon Peter is accused of knowing and following Jesus. And three different times, in three different ways, Simon Peter has one answer. I do not know that man. When it came to the moment when he himself would be in danger, Simon Peter is overcome by fear. And this is just so who he is. Bold and courageous, fearful and flawed. Jesus knew Simon Peter's strengths and the ways that he would continue to mature into being the rock that Jesus envisioned in the first place. But Jesus also knew Peter's weaknesses, he knew his shortcomings, he knew his flaws. We have seen them, too, throughout the story of the gospel. And as disciples of Jesus Christ, we have seen these same strengths and flaws in our own lives, too. We have seen these strengths and these flaws in our own lives, too. Because Simon Peter's story is our story. We all have strengths and gifts that we use to the best of our ability and to the glory of God. Amen? Amen. But we also have faults and flaws that make following Jesus harder. Amen? Which one was easier to say? we may love Jesus with all of our hearts in the same way that Simon Peter did. And we can believe as strongly as Simon Peter did that when when we say that we'll never deny who Jesus is to us. But let us hear for ourselves the hard truth from Jesus in the same way that Simon Peter and the rest of the disciples did. You will all become deserters Despite our best efforts and despite our best intentions, there will inevitably be times when we in some way fall away or falter or flounder in our lives of faith. Despite what we might say and even believe in our hearts, there are ways that we will push Jesus away and maybe even push Jesus into a lake. Sometimes the things that Jesus asks us to do are just too hard. And even though we know they're the right thing for us to do, we simply just don't do them. Jesus tells us to love our neighbors as ourselves, to pray for our enemies. He says to someone who took their possessions far too seriously to sell everything. And he said, let the dead bury their own dead. Jesus said some hard things that's just easier for us to begin to believe that Jesus didn't say. Sometimes we push Jesus away out of fear. We fear what people will think of us if we have this commitment to Jesus. One of my favorite 90s Christian rock bands, DC Talk, said it this way in their song, Jesus Freak. What will people think when they hear that I'm a Jesus Freak? People might call us Bible thumpers, or holier than thou, or they might even call us Methodists, which, by the way, used to be a pejorative term. And sometimes we just think that we're strong enough to handle situations by ourselves, rather than praying and asking for guidance from a Savior who knows us better than we know ourselves. Yes, friends, in Christ, Simon Peter's story is our story. Simon Peter showed us that denying Jesus is going to be a part of our all-too-human experience as disciples. And Simon Peter also shows us that no matter if we do deny Jesus, we are not defined by our failures. God does not define us by the worst thing that we ever did. In fact, Jesus makes amazing use of faithful and flawed disciples. Jesus continually invites the disciples and invites us back. Jesus continually forgives us. Jesus continually restores us. Jesus uses us even more profoundly, not merely in spite of our failings, but because of them. Jesus is the Lord of the second chance, and the third, and the fourth, and the fifth, and so on. If a disciple whom Jesus called the rock is the same disciple who denied Jesus, imagine what Jesus can do with you. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we acknowledge our failings and our falterings. We acknowledge the way that we say one thing and do another. And that comes in our lives of faith too. So we look at the way that you move and work in the lives of those around us. The way that you redeem things in almost this one-on-one, kind of almost spooky way. You give us a second chance to make things right more often than not. And you continually invite us to follow you. Give us the courage to try again. Give us the wisdom to learn and give us the grace to continually know that you are with us in all things. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church. Join us in person or online at 10 o'clock every Sunday morning for worship. And now go in peace and serve the Lord. I want to encourage you after the message to head over to our YouTube channel and click the subscribe button. Over on YouTube, you will find videos of our entire worship service, a video cast of our weekly cut-for-time conversation with Pastor Clay and Eric, songs from our praise band One Way Up, and a bunch of other great things as well. Just search for Canton United Methodist Church. It would mean a lot to have you subscribe.